No, they speak South African. South African accents. Can you do a South African accent, Thomas? No, no, I, I can't. We should do a show. We should do a uh, segment of the show where you do American accents. Fucking mosquitoes. I don't have a good Charlie's Theron impression. <laughs> Thomas has Tourette's. That's good. Mm. Oh, fuck. Fuck a dog. Ryan can't decide whether he wants to have sex with a dog or beat it to death. Well, if it doesn't want to have sex with me, I'll beat it to death. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a countdown? How about a count up? How is that doesn't make it... That, how would a count up work? Count to what? What do you what? get to? There's no stop. There's no last number. Numbers yeah, don't you count up to poop, and that's when you start. <laughs> Are you saying like negative numbers, like minus 20, minus 19, and then when we get to zero, we start? You count to Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> you count to the freezing point of P. I assume that the freezing point of P and water are the same. Mm. Well, we let's. Do, we should do a Mythbusters on that. We should definitely do a Mythbusters. <laughs> we figured it out. No one was asking that question. <laughs> Isn't Mythbusters thing that the tests they do are unnecessarily complicated? And just for show, right? Like well, it's not it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like all right, fun. we gotta we gotta bust this myth, but we also gotta figure out how to blow a bunch of stuff up. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like at the beginning of the show, they're like, uh, these are special effects guys. Like they're not scientists. It's not yeah. you know PhDs working on it, or or even engineers. You know, like Bill Nye, the science guy, who's not a scientist but an engineer. Seventeen, sixteen. 15. Well, I think he should still be called a scientist. 9, 6, Engineering 2. Is a, is a kind one. of a science. Well, so is political science. It's in the name. <laughs> now, the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast, a podcast about counting, poop, Star Wars, and Disney. This is the 84th episode of the podcast that Flag Taylor has described as mediocre terrible. This podcast started as a tribute podcast to the Subbeacon podcast. We have an expanding, rotating cast of guests that come on the podcast to share their horrible opinions. And if you are listening to this, you should go tweet at Andrew Egger to come on the show to share with us all of his knowledge about Juggaloos. You can find us in most places where you would normally find podcasts, such as Twitter. No, that doesn't sound right. I listen to all my podcasts on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we, you can also find us on Parler and in other places. Uh, I am Thomas, your sprightly host, as usual, joined by Haberman and Ryan. Guys, how are you? Did you read that Parler story in the Bulwark today? Was that the one Hannah wrote? Or yeah, that- Hannah and Tim. Like they were the co-authors of it, but I was reading through it, like all the the bullet points of why Parler. One of them was like, like every combination of username using the N word is like already taken. <laughs> so, so everyone, everyone is known as Nazi something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's that too. That also that N word. Can you explain Parler to me? Is it the new Twitter. 
<laughs> that's i mean the only thing i know about part parlor is what i read from the story it basically it looks like the new twitter except for more trolls you're like encouraged to um you know a big hashtag over there right now is the holocaust was a hoax oh so yeah that sounds some, lovely place someone mentioned on twitter that out of all the platforms that the alt-right and alt-right new conservative-leaning people. Out of all the app, apps they could have chosen, they chose the one that's currently populated by Nazis and child pornographers or something like that. Ted Cruz said he's joining it today, so... Oh, he he even, he, he made a video about it. He's excited. <laughs> he, he will fit right in. Well, guys, big news in Sioux Falls. You finally got a McDonald's. <laughs> that's, that's, that's cute. You no, but, it, but, sa- but, but it is in the uh, culinary arts. Famous chef and uh, one of Ryan's favorite personalities in general, Guy Fieri. Oh. Guy Fieri was in Sioux Falls today. I guess really? he's, he's got a show called Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives or something on the Food Network. And uh, his... See, I, I learned a lot just by reading the paper. Uh, I did All I know is that... that Guy Fieri is the last guy who thought that who still thinks that frosted tips are cool. Uh, like he was like, "Hey, maybe I could look like a member of NSYNC, um, NSYNC the band, <laughs> except heavier uh, and no singing or dancing ability." What? But all right, so did did he did he go to a restaurant that you frequent or like what did he do? Well, uh, it's, it's it's so stupid that this is this was a headline in the local paper uh, that. Uh, Basically, his he, I guess he has a signature red Camaro, and uh, several restaurants indicated that they would be closed for private events. So it was kind of guests at his location. So so people he has actual fans in the area who kind of sleuthed it, it out to figure out where he'd be and spotted his signature red Camaro and started tweeting hashtags like. Uh, something about Flavortown, because I guess Guy Fieri is the self-appointed quote-unquote mayor, mayor of Flavortown. Of Flavortown. <laughs> Was this one of the major events in Sioux Falls of the year? Okay, I went to the local paper's webpage, and this was the at the top of the, this would be like above the fold. Um, so I, we'll see tomorrow if it's above the fold in the actual physical paper. The guy driving around shit-faced is here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also have big news. Uh, also okay. food related. Uh, All right. Yes, yesterday. So this past week, when uh, family has been in town, I made sure to drag my niece and nephew out fishing a lot because they need to learn about the world. And one of the most important skills like you can that. have is, of course, to go and catch your own fish, just like Don't Jesus so. said about the fish and the learning <laughs> how to. Anyway, well, so, actually, Thomas, G- Jesus instructed his. He told his disciples he would teach him to fish for people. Unless you're so, referring to his a resurrection appearance where he instructed him to cast on the other side of the boat. You must have been I, talking about that. No, I'm already falling asleep, Chris. So this past week, we caught 20-odd perch. And yesterday, I brought out the smoker and lit the fire under it and made juniper smoked perch. It, it was delicious. Mm, I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think? Do you eat fish, Ryan? No, I don't like fish. No. I don't eat any fish. No, thanks. Are you saying that you became the mayor of Flavortown when you served smoked perch? 
Guys, in the future, we should watch an episode of Guy Fieri's TV show. Uh, I was going to suggest that we should watch more episodes of Grey's Anatomy, all of our favorite show. That'd be great. Yeah, we could catch up on... Well, I mean, we, we, we are watching it, but we could catch our listeners up on what's <laughs> happening with Grey's Anatomy in its 27th season. Rewatch them all. That's what you're saying. We should oh, start re-watch, over. Rewatch all the episodes. I'm curious about one thing. So we were talking before the show about how there are mosquitoes here in northern Sweden and Sweden is filled with mosquitoes and they are really annoying. They are blood sucking. I actually learned yesterday that we have 2,500 different species of mosquito in Sweden, 25 of which actually sting you and suck blood. Do you guys have mosquito problems? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have huge ones in Texas. Um, well, everything's bigger in Texas. Mm-hmm. We have the biggest mosquitoes, the biggest COVID-19 outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do a pretty good job of spraying them here. You know, West Nile became a kind of a bigger deal maybe 15 years ago. And so, you know, growing up, you'd just kind of deal with it. You'd slap them and itch your way through the summer, but... Now, they, at least in cities, they make sure that they spray them. How do they do that? Uh, I think they usually go to the breeding spots. So if there's standing water, they, they, they probably kill them when they're in their larval stage. But also, you will see trucks driving around kind of fogging neighborhoods as well. I think it's a multi-pronged approach, Thomas. Is that poisonous? Like for humans? For humans. <laughs> when I, I remember when I was a kid and I lived in Houston, I remember all the time the mosquito truck just driving down our street, just spraying. There's just this fog, just like going into everybody's neighborhood. Just... I mean, you couldn't taste anything for a few weeks, but beyond that, yeah. there's no long-term consequences. It's like when Kramer went into Jerry's apartment when when um, the insect bomb, when Jerry had fleas, and he couldn't taste the Mackinac peach, peaches. Is that a transition? Yeah, sure, it can be. Okay, uh, we, we just need to do one, one more thing before we okay. get to Seinfeld. Right. Uh, and that is, uh, I believe that, Ryan, I believe you have a Ron Howard, Howard correction. No, I don't. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Apollo 13 was definitely the next movie he made. <laughs> he did. After, after <laughs> he did. He did Backdraft and then Apollo 13. Some Look people it up. Play, some people claim there are two movies in between there, but we don't acknowledge them. On this show, we only go for accuracy here. And so, no, there were not two movies between uh, that Ron Howard directed between Apollo 13 and Backdraft. Those we other don't need- two movies were deep state conspiracies. Read, read, more, read all about them in John Bolton's latest book. So we don't need to jump right, in, right into Seinfeld. Usually we, uh, we push our quizzes a little bit further off. So we'll w- wait a little bit. I have something that I want to talk about. Uh, I, I have been concerned that we are going to run out of content. I don't mean on the show. Uh, we have a never-ending catalog of content. But, but uh, eventually, there will be no new TV shows or, or movies as production has halted. But yeah. the one thing that I am confident about is that come December, we will have a season of The, of the Mandalorian to watch. Because what I realized is that that show is like genetically built for COVID. I mean, <laughs> the protagonist wears a mask. I mean, you can just even have the writers. He, even when he has sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. 
this is the way. How is this not? How is this not a massive ad campaign? This is the way, and it's the Mandalorian in a mask. <laughs> I mean, the writers could just—I mean—remember that Mandalorians is—it's not a race; it's a creed. So, so you could just write in a bunch of Mandalorians and stormtroopers. Everyone's wearing a mask. It's a safe set. It's just a show that's that's, that's basically perfect for for uh, for Corona Tide. So, I, I'm very confident that if if there'll be one new show, it will be The Mandalorian. And I'm sure if, if you want to have any characters that are actual humans without masks or helmets or whatever, that you could just CGI their face on. I'm sure the technology is there for that. So, and you can just put them six feet away from a guy with a mask on. <laughs> That's true. If they're going to be fighting with, like, lasers and stuff, they're, all, they're going to be right. socially distanced. They're like, they measure before they, before they start. <laughs> Let's see how far away we are. Listen, I acknowledge that there's a crew, but the crew, I mean, they can wear the N95 masks, the respirators and stuff. Have you guys seen uh, the the behind-the-scenes stuff from The Mandalorian? What's interesting oh. about it is that, I mean, it looks great, but not, you know, a big Star Wars thing is having all these exotic locations, having, I mean, you name the movie, they're, they're in a different part of Africa, um, and Rogue One, I think they went to the tropical stuff was in like India somewhere. I mean, they, they go to locations, but the Mandalorian, they, they just like had a bunch of these LED screens that they use for a lot of the backgrounds uh, for places. But they didn't do green screen that, that it's this new technology where um, it's crazy. These scenes where he's on these planets, you just it's just a bunch of LED TVs. Essentially, they built like a I don't know, would it be like a holodeck? Is that yeah. what that thing is from? They built they built a holodeck. It's definitely yeah. a holodeck. Am, am I using the right word from Star Trek? They only they have a holodeck, but they're just using it to film TV shows. So I watched, admittedly, very little Star Trek in my day. But the one holodeck thing I remember is something about a Western town. Does this sound familiar, Ryan? Who was the captain at that time? Are you talking about Kirk? Are you Kirk talking about the original? Or... Picard. I only know about Picard. They, they, Picard. they all they all seem like the same thing to me. So I okay, because the original the original they would go to several western towns because basically it was a low budget show and whatever sets they had they right. would use. They basically it was like, hey, we're going to do a Bonanza episode. Yeah, yeah, because we've got the set on the lot right. and yeah. we'll use it. They're right there. As both of you are aware, I have a family in town this week. This mm-hmm. past week. And I've been picking movies that we watch in the evening because so uh, my sister has really terrible taste in movies and shows. So she and yet you're them. showing them quality cinema. Are, right. are, are, so, are they so this, receiving this well? Well, or, so so I have shown them The Gentleman, Nice Guys, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, The Other Guys, and last night we did Baby Driver. Okay. Which is like all of these are really good movies. Yeah, can't uh, argue my, with any of them. My sister did not like the gentleman. She found it confusing. Uh, she <laughs> is is Vic Mattis. <laughs> uh, she she thought the nice guys was okay, but she didn't really like it. She what? Re- she really enjoyed Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle, and she found the other guys to be hilarious. She liked Baby Driver, except for the ending, which she thought was stupid. Uh, so that's what I'm working with. Uh, but I am trying to educate them uh, to the best of my ability. My nephew has enjoyed all of them. Uh, at least I'm show them, show them Dunkirk and 
see what see if she has anything to say <laughs> like about how Quentin Tarantino couldn't figure <laughs> thought that there weren't I've multiple cons- timelines. Show them layer cake. Uh, I, I've been considering whether I should uh, show them once at a time in Hollywood or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like I feel like she wouldn't like it. I don't think she would. Well, was, if she didn't like the nice guys, then. I, I was thinking about going with something a bit more like uh, some, some, some more simple humor. So I was thinking about maybe doing Knives Out, where you have someone projectile vomiting, because that's supposedly hilarious. Stepbrothers. <laughs> you said simple humor. <laughs> my, uh, my nephew, like 10 minutes into the other guys, turned to me and was like, everyone's in this movie. <laughs> Which is her favorite out of those were was the other guys, and followed then, by Jumanji. 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 Oh, Jumanji. Jumanji. The the one with Danny DeVito. Well, where where uh, the Rock has to do a Danny DeVito impression for most of the movie, which is <laughs> yeah. great. Did you guys watch uh, the sequel to Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, the next level? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said you watched the second one. You, you watched. The yeah, first one. you saw the first one. I meant the sequel to the sequel. The next level. Uh, Have you seen that it one? It is a reboot. It wasn't that's, a sequel. That's what, we, that's what we're talking about. That's the one with Danny DeVito. Yes, we watched it. I meant Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. The yeah. first one with The Rock. Okay, right. that's a reboot. That's not a sequel. Yeah, there's no it's, reference to Robin it, Williams or any of the previous stuff. But you should watch You should watch the second one now. If you guys watch the first one, you should watch the second one. Yeah. It's, it's almost just as good. I've seen it. You know what you should watch together is 365 Days. Or 300... Uh, what's it called? What's what's your what's your movie pick of the year? Three hundred and sixty-five days. Okay. Yeah, you should do that. Movie night. The Netflix thing. Yes. Yeah. D- didn't you see posted on I Patreon see. about it? Another realization I've had, except for the fact that my sister has terrible taste in cinema, is that my nephew is now about equally good as I am at most sports. So we've been playing like badminton and other things. And he is about equally good, except for the fact that he is in much better physical shape than I am. So I am at a significant disadvantage and I have never felt more old than I do when I play him in sports. You've got to be kidding me. A 25 year old is in better shape than you. Yeah. (laughs) Chris, we have a quiz today. Should we do the quiz now? Yes. All right, uh, in Thomas and I have been rewatching Seinfeld, and we are going to do a Seinfeld quiz. So, so we're not going to do any sort of complicated scoring system. It's as simple as one point per question. A buzz in by saying your name. Now, make sure that you let me read the whole question because I'm going to stop reading when you buzz in. Okay, so make sure you get to the actual part of the question. Don't, don't anticipate, okay? Can we, can we bust in as characters from the show? Sure. Yeah. So you could be like Lomez, Bob Sacamano. Okay. Okay, we're going to start out with an easy question. We're going to kind of ease our way in, okay? How does Frank Costanza take his coffee? Putty. Black. That's a guess. He doesn't get it. That's a guess. He does not take it black. No, Ryan, do you, do you remember? No, but I don't. I know it's you not. You are black. allowed to guess on quizzes. That's no, how you're quizzes not. work, Ryan. No, not in this one. <laughs> okay, so the correct answer is two cream, no sugar, or at least that's what we're led to believe in the Serenity. Now, that's what uh, Lloyd Braun delivers. He says two cream, no sugar. Now, Lloyd Braun is also crazy, but Frank Costanza doesn't correct him, 
So we have to assume, I think, it's what, reasonable. What, what, what does that mean? To and and like, this was like an, two, this, two packet. Yeah, and two we're packet. E- easing into it. The, that was an easy question. <laughs> I, I thought what's so. What's next? Like what? <laughs> okay, what's next? Question number two. In later seasons, Jerry drives a cheap Swedish car. But earlier in the show, most notably in the smelly car, what kind of car does Jerry drive? George Steinbrenner. Ryan. BMW. Very good. All right. Ryan one, Thomas zero. That, that's like half a point. You need to give the model. He doesn't say what model. I'm sure it looks like a three series to me, but it's a BMW. Well, Gentlemen, question number three. Movies uh, play a big role in Seinfeld, whether it's George running into Susan at the video rental shop and finding out that she's with a woman. Or Elaine falling in love with Vincent of Vincent's picks, only to cheat on him nights later with a gene pick. But in the season finale, for epi- the episode titled The Movie, I'm sorry, but in, this, but in the episode titled The Movie, the gang tries to meet up at the theater to watch a movie called Checkmate, but instead each end up going to see Rochelle Rochelle. What is the tagline for Rochelle Rochelle? <laughs> Um, uh, Elaine Uh, Thomas A young woman's erotic journey through France Let's see if Let's see what Ryan's answer is I don't have any better than that I know it's a young woman's erotic journey But I can't Yeah, I think there's something else there too But I don't know what Uh, I'm going to give Thomas uh, half a point for that Uh, No, I'm good yeah, half point. A young girl's strange erotic journey oh. from Milan to Minsk. That's it. That's it. From Milan to Minsk. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Right. That, that, that's an example of an episode that could never be made today because now you'd send a fucking text message. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cell phones uh, would eliminate, like, most of the plot uh, difficulties in this movie. Uh, question number movie four. Show. That's right. Movie show. In fact, mo- Thomas, you that may have entered your subconscious from this. I swear, in one episode, I didn't write it down where, but someone says movie show. Oh, I don't. I wish I could remember the episode. Anyway, question number four: Jerry was offended about Tim Watley's conversion to Judaism because he converted for the jokes. What made it even worse is that he continued to tell Catholic jokes. You know, the one about the Pope and Raquel Welch. Those aren't buoys. Anyway, Raquel Welch is featured in a subsequent episode um, when she stars in a Tony Award-winning musical. What is the title of this Tony Award-winning musical, which is also Kramer's only Tony win? Oh. I, I, I got nothing here. I can't remember. I should know, but I can't remember. What is the name of that damn musical? And uh, two of the producers approach uh, Kramer and say, and say that the only way that he can get to Tony is if he fires. <laughs> if he fires or go Because he was a seat filler at the yeah. Tonys. And yeah. he, he kind of got carried away, got, got up, put up on stage, and they just gave yep. him a Tony. And, 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 and she doesn't move her arms when she dances. There's a lot of mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. in tap dancing. And uh, so, so, so and, what stands? That's the cat fight episode too. That's the cat fight one. Yep. And and there's the yeah. 
uh, and and it's Tony and uh, it's Kramer's like, I had breakfast at Liza's, and yeah. you know, Manelli's. Like, Manelli's. He's like, no. <laughs> the answer is Scarsdale Surprise. Scarsdale Surprise. Mm. That's right. And that comes from the episode, The Summer of George. Summer of George. He's eating a block of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have Ryan with one point to Thomas with a half a point. Question number five, back to movies. Which of the following, so I'm going to read you a list. Which of the following is not a fictional movie from the Seinfeld universe? Prognosis negative. Death blow. Chunnel. Sack lunch. Firestorm. Brown-Eyed Girl, Cry, Cry Again, Agent Zero, and Blimp. Uh, George. Brian. Blimp. That is incorrect. That is the movie that George watches in the Puerto Rican Day Parade, the one where he's got the great line he thinks at the end. Yeah, That's yeah. gotta hurt. What is the, what is that? Right, Marvin, then. Thomas. Firestorm. That is incorrect. Uh-huh. Gentlemen, this was a trick question. They're all from Seinfeld. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Bonus question. Okay, which movie is Elaine excited to see finally on the plane to Tunisia before it's hijacked by Sack Dominicans? Sack Lunch. Sack Lunch is correct. <laughs> because she had to see, um, what was the Hemingway the, movie? The English, no, the English, the English patient. English patient, yeah. <laughs> does, she, does, she, does she ever get to see Prognosis Negative? Because they have an entire show where she's trying to go with Jerry, but they never do. Right. That's yeah. the Farfel episode. That's a t- the, the dog, right? The Farfel one? That's a terrible oh, episode. Yeah. Mm, is it? Maybe. Oh, Good yes. Time. Yes. Yep. All right. So what Ryan is-, is two. Thomas is one half point. Question number six. I just mentioned the Dominicans that Kramer brought to New York to roll cigars for him. He thought, of course, that he was getting Cubans. He asked Jerry to pick up some Cubans for him while he was in Florida. Jerry... As, as a reasonable person would think, thought he meant cigars, but uh, Kramer remarked, Jerry, Cuban cigars are illegal in this country. That's why you got these guys. <laughs> Kramer's cigar business fail, uh, falls through when he, his partner realizes that they're not Cubans, but in fact are Dominicans. But his next idea to put them to work so they don't get obsessed with a revolution of the proletariat is for them to roll crepes at the family restaurant of an obsessively competitive family whose mantra is, it's go time. What is the last name of this family, oh, which they frequently chant? Fuck. I, I, I thought the question would be, what's the mantra? Um, yeah, I did too. It's um, go time. It's that Jack Palance wannabe guy. Um, Who? You've not seen Sli- City Slickers? No, I got nothing. It's three syllables. I'm not even. I, I'm a I know they get in a fight guess. because Jerry gives his dad the best number one dad t shirt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Kramer, Kramer gets like Kramer, 20 t shirts for a Newman, dollar. Yeah. Kramer and Newman are making sausage in Jerry's apartment. Yes. Actually, that's a different episode. I think that might be the blood. Later on. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the same family. Yeah. Mandelbaum. 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 <laughs> um, and right now, I'll, I'll just insert a bit of trivia. Uh, there's an episode where George um, is obsessed with this 
woman's boyfriend because apparently George is a better looking <laughs> version of him. Oh. Uh, she's really into him. The actress who plays that woman is Kirk Cameron's wife. Interesting fun fact. All right, so Ryan is two. Thomas has a half point. Question number seven. Elaine worked a lot of jobs, but perhaps her most interesting one was working for Mr. Pitt as her his as his personal assistant. Her first assignment was to buy him socks, which was something she thought would be a fairly easy thing, uh, but in fact turned into a multi-day affair. He likes his socks to be snug, but not too tight. So we see her sharpening pencils for him at various times, making a special order for a pen, picking the salt off his pretzels. One unexpected skill that Elaine brought to this job was her extensive knowledge of big band music. Which song did Elaine identify correctly Uh. to win Mr. Pitt a place underneath Woody Woodpecker during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? (laughs) You should have had multiple choice for the names of the songs. Yeah. Because if I hear it... I'll I give would... you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Um, one of the words in the song comes from a movie that we talked about. It was a movie involving furries. I know we've talked about a lot about those movies, but... It's it's uh, Jason's favorite movie, right? Yeah. What? What's Jason's favorite movie? I don't remember the title of it. Oh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, the correct answer to the song is Next Stop Pottersville. Oh. Potter. Can't you just picture Mr. Pitt doing his dance? Next Stop Pottersville. Next Stop Pottersville. All right. Let's stick with Elaine for question number eight in the episode titled The Susie. Elaine has strong associations with a bulimic chain-smoking stenographer from Staten Island who Elaine also describes as a pom-pom-waving backseat bimbo. Interestingly, this woman from Staten Island, whom Thomas most certainly would find attractive, is not named Susie or Suze. What is her name? Newman. Thomas. Louise. No. I'll give I'll give you a hint. Uh, this is my mother's name. And the wife of one Tomabella. Am I allowed to go again? What? 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 Ryan? Sharon. Sharon is correct. Ryan has three. Thomas has a half a point. We'll bump that up to a full point. There are two questions left. If Thomas manages to get two in a row, then he'll tie Ryan. Then Question I, number I nine. I have. I'm confident that one of you will get this right. I believe in you. Elaine worked for a time at Pendant Publishing before the fate of the company was sealed by the untimely uh, choice for her to eat some juji fruits. Uh, her mouth is full of juji fruits, so she can't alert her sick boss, Mr. Lipman, that he forgot his hanky. So when he sneezes, he can't shake the hands of the Japanese businessmen who are about to bail the company out. What is the name of the business that Mr. Lippman opens in season eight, which sells muffin tops? George. Yes, Ryan. Uh, Top of the morning to you. Top of the what? Top of the morning. Top of the muffin to you. Uh, Is there any punctuation at the end of that? An exclamation point. Yes. Top of the muffin to you. 
That is correct. Which it, which is a, a part of the running joke that uh, from the sniffing accountant, where um, uh, Elaine puts <laughs> exclamation marks all over Jake Jarmel's manuscript, <laughs> and then when they write a letter to the accountant, they put a bunch of exclamation. Marks. I, I like how one of the subplots in there like, with the exclamation exclamation point is just that he doesn't like exclamation. Points. Right. right. <laughs> Well, they even have an argument about it and they break up and he's like, how about this? You know, I'm breaking that, up with you. Exclamation that, point. That is probably one of the, the pettiest, petty, yes. pettiest reasons to break up in the show. And there are many. Like, like I think he takes a, a phone message, right? About like maybe someone had a baby and, yeah. and she's like, and then, why don't you, don't you think that deserves an exclamation point? Yeah. And in, in every other conceivable way, he's perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, but well, I mean, but she doesn't. She stops to buy the Chuji fruits and the popcorn when she finds out he got hit by a car. Anyway, question number ten. Final question. Ryan has already won, but we'll see if he can uh, pad his lead here. I will Seinf- be the moral winner. Okay. Seinfeld had lots of guest stars in the show. Some went on to become big stars. Some already were stars when they appeared. We saw Brian Cranston uh, on the show as Tim Watley. We saw the real life husband and wife combo of Lauren Graham and Peter Krause. They were in different episodes. Uh, John Favreau played the clown in the episode of the fire. That, that was news to me. Denise Richards was the, uh, the NBC president's daughter who uh, George got caught looking at her cleavage. James Spader is in the show. Jeremy Piven. I could go on and on, but of course we cannot forget aunt Becky Lori Laughlin, her, her role as Jerry's girlfriend who wants to see him experience emotions. I should note that Lori Laughlin is currently waiting for a judge to weigh in on her plea deal, which will put her behind, which she agreed to. Well, it'll put her behind bars for two months, have her pay a $150,000 fine and do a hundred hours of community service for her role in the 2019 college admissions bribery schedule schedule. Here's the question. Jerry does get in touch with his emotions and finds himself confused as to what exactly tears are. What does he ask when he experiences the tears rolling down his cheeks? Jerry. Ryan. What is is this salty discharge? (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) Very good, Ryan. You are the Seinfeld champion. It's the only quiz I've ever won in this show. Is that true? Is that the first quiz you've won? Yeah. Wow. It's the only he quiz. knows. He it's knows. Only, it's the only quiz that uh, you guys haven't cheated in. So you only you only win when we're not cheating. What kind of win is that? <laughs> not not even worth having. Ryan, you've got some stuff to talk about as far as um, this show you're watching, uh, New France. Well, yeah, the show is called um, Barkskins. Avon Barksdale. It's on Nat Geo, naturally. Like the Disney Plus Nat Geo, or you're like talking about a, a TV channel? You know, it's not on Disney Plus, but it's on the TV channel. Okay. Uh, I don't what know is why. a TV channel? Yeah. It's For those on, of us who don't have TV channels. It's on Sling. It, it, it's on YouTube TV. Yeah, YouTube TV. If you got the... So uh, you buy a subscription to an internet streaming service, and then they, 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 hook, they choose they come, channels... They come and hook up your cable for you. What, what time is it on the Nat Geo channel? Uh, and what number is the Nat Geo channel? I don't okay. know which day or which time it's on. I just okay. know that it shows up. Have you, have you looked up the ratings for the show? 
No, I haven't. <laughs> Are they not good? Have you looked them up? I don't know. I assume you would know. Uh, so it's set in late 1600s. Wait, wait, time out. How, how did you even find this show? <laughs> a podcast. Okay, all right. <laughs> it was a ringer podcast where they talk about TV and they started talking about it. And I was like, this sounds kind of cool. It's, okay. it, it's basically about late 1600s, New France, and just about how terrible life was <laughs> at that time. I don't know. But I was uh, pretty fascinated by a lot of the expressions and a lot of the things that you're allowed to do. And so at one point, there's these two guys who were indentured servants who just came over from France on the boat. And, you know, if you serve three years in New France, then you get your freedom. And so they're walking to their master's, not plantation, but whatever they were called. The one guy, he's so thirsty, he stops and he just starts drinking out of a puddle of water. The other guy says, no, don't drink that. You'll get the drizzles. From what I know of bacteria, bacteria will give you diarrhea. And so apparently in late 1600s France, they called diarrhea the drizzles. And I don't know why we don't still call diarrhea. It's perfect. The drizzles. <laughs> it is perfect. There's another guy. He's from the Hudson Bay. He's an agent for the Hudson Bay Trading Company in Canada. And he's trying to find an employee of the Hudson Bay Trading Company. And so he's kind of doing an investigation. And he stops at this hotel, this log hotel. He says, uh, hey, do you know anything about this guy? Where is he? And he says... All I know about that guy is he left an unpaid bill and a bucket of night soil in his room. <laughs> and apparently, night soil is when you have to poop in the middle of the night and you poop in a bucket next to your bed. <laughs> and again, I'm like, well, that's, boy, night soil is a great, it's a great term. term. It's really underutilized. And then in the next episode... There are these two guys negotiating over uh, – one of them's English. Engl the English do not have a good standing in New France. So he needs a French person to be on the deed for this land that he wants because he's really rich in Britain, but he's nothing in New France. And so he needs, they're negotiating for how much he's going to give him to leave his name on the deed for this land that the English guy is actually going to own. And he's just not negotiating in good faith. The whole time they're negotiating, the French guy has a piece of wood and a knife because it's the late 1600s. And he's just like, you know, carving away at it. It's just kind of like, a, it looks like a nervous habit. Like he needs something to do with his hands. Then when they're done negotiating, he's very angry. He slams the carving down on the guy's desk and walks away. And the carving is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, why did we stop doing that? Like if you're negotiating with somebody like right now, you don't like how it's going and you don't think that they're being fair. <laughs> If just like when you're done, they realize that you've been carving a dick the whole time you're standing there and you just hand them that and just like, this is what I think of you. 
But if negotiations if negotiations go well, then you just take that with you. You don't leave it. <laughs> or you or, like, or, or do you carve you, something else? You, you no, you put it in a box and say, "Give this to your wife." <laughs> so really, you want you want to bring back these traditions? Yeah, all of them, all so of you, the so late sixteen hundreds. Pepper your everyday language with with night soil and the drizzles. The drizzles. And then walk around carving stuff. Dick carvings. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know who does not have the drizzles? Our sponsors. Are you feeling a bit flabby in your midsection? Is your core strength roughly equivalent to an overcooked noodle? Do you feel like passing out after a single sit-up? We're guessing most of you answered yes. But don't worry, we can help. And we can help without those time-consuming and exhausting exercise regimens that we both know you'll quit after two weeks. Repeat after me. Squat, clench, pinch. The truth is, you can find your core strength through the exercise that humans have utilized since they walked the earth with mastodons. Pooping. With the squat, clench, pinch, or SCP diet and bowel movement regimen, you'll have those six-pack abs in no time. You just need to find that diet that brings regularity, density, and resistance to your colon. Lots of cheese, meat, and bananas will have you grimacing and clenching to expel those dense, golf-ball-like turds from your body. You'll be contracting those core muscles like you've never had before. And just a sprinkling of bran will help make those challenging sessions occur at regular intervals. Squat, clench, pinch is something anyone can do, and do well. Finding your personal diet balance will be handled by our in-house scientist. They'll do an initial stool analysis and then recommend your cheese, meat, and bran combination to guarantee those weighty, petrified nuggets. After just two weeks of following our nutritional recommendations and using squat, clench, pinch, your core strength will be close to that of your average mixed martial arts professional fighter. Just send us your stool once a month so we can continue to monitor its composition. It really is that easy. But you're gonna have to want it. Who does number two work for? That's right, buddy. You show that turd who's boss. <laughs> hey, hey, just grab a hold of something, bite your lip, and give it hell. Come on. We're going to get through this. That's the kind of commitment you'll need. Here's one satisfied customer, Jan McIntyre. From Albany, New York. One day, my six-year-old son told me his butthole hurt. I went over to check it out, and I could barely stand up the next day. I knew I had let myself go. But with three kids, work, a dog, a cat, eight podcasts, and all those Dune novels to read, who has time for real exercise? Plus, my poops are really the only moment of peace I get during the day. But now, I can make those bathroom sessions work to my advantage. With SCP, my abs are back in a big way. And I fucking love, I mean love cheese, sit-ups are for losers. And let's just say, my husband is pretty satisfied too. So try squat, clench, pinch today and get that stool to our scientists ASAP. You won't be sorry. Thank you to our sponsors. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing to our Patreon to 
keep this show on the road. Ryan, you have come up with another way of making money. Well, uh, possibly. I haven't, it hasn't, it hasn't come through yet, but I have it. It's an, come from a reliable source that this could make money. I used to be a listener of, uh, of, of Glenn Beck or either I was a listener of him or someone sold him my email address at some point. Either way, I get emails from Glenn Beck. Is Glenn Beck on his, he has his own network? No. What, what's the deal? Right oh yeah. Now? He has uh, GBTV. Glenn G- Beck TV. Glenn Beck TV. On, yeah. Okay. That's his own TV station. Is, is, is that on? YouTube? It's a big time. Oh, I mean, I think like if you get like, I think it comes along with like your basic cable package, like TN- TNT, ESPN, GBTV. Yeah. If, if you have Kramer's Russians install mm-hmm. cable for you, I promise you, you'll get Glenn Beck TV. Yeah, they love Glenn Beck over there. Is he, is, um, he on, is he on his channel like 24 hours a day or does, does he have actual other programming? <sighs> Mark Levin's on there <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Okay. So he sent me an email and the subject was a solar generator worth its weight in gold. If it's worth its weight in gold, I mean, I looked up the price of gold per ounce. Gold per ounce is $1,600 per ounce right now. That generator's got to be like three, 400 pounds, right? It's about a hundred pounds. Oh. (laughs) And which I thought, I did some quick calculations with my calculator. It, that'd be about $2.6 million. Of course, right away, I just clicked on it. I didn't even worry about the price of the generator because it was it, it was several thousand dollars, but I thought like compared to $2.6 million, like why do I even care? And so I ordered it and I, I waited. It took a couple of weeks to get to me. And so... I wanted to transport it the easiest way possible. So right away, I just smashed it to pieces so that I could just put all the pieces in a bucket because all I care about is the weight. I was like, okay, now I'm going to go to the gold store. I looked up, I Googled gold store, Austin, Texas. And apparently it's not like a government run gold store where they just say, okay, here's how much gold you get for, you know, for a generator. Pieces of a generator. Yeah. Well, for the weight of a generator. And so then I went to, I ended up having to go to these pawn shops and they didn't want to give me any money. They said that I told them that I I gave, I showed them the bucket of pieces. They said, what the hell is that? And I said, I said, (laughs) well, did you show them the email? I said, I did. I had the email on my phone. I said, my good friend Glenn Beck sent me this email. He said this generator is worth its weight in gold. And so I'd like my $2.6 million worth of gold. And then if you could just, if it has to be a check, that's fine. If we could just move it along because my wife hasn't been paid for one. What is the price? What is the price per ounce for scrap metal? Well, it's 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 not nine hundred some dollars an ounce. <laughs> copper copper can get you you know uh, a decent amount. There wasn't any copper in this generator. The price for just like junk metal was significantly less than what I paid for the generator. It didn't work out. I've emailed Glenn Beck several times. 
He's not gotten back to me yet, but I'm confident that I, I, because I think like with all of his advertisements, he has like a money back guarantee. Like he's like, my word is on this. And so I'm sure that he'll just cover it for me. His, his, and, his word is as good as gold. Oh yeah. I, li- I like how when, when you're driving along uh, in the city or whatever it is, uh, and you see one of these gold pawn, like they, they have these giant signs outside the building. We and buy it says, gold. We buy gold. We buy they gold. All, they, they always look like the shadiest establishment <laughs> possible. We buy gold. We also have hookers. <laughs> we set up shop in the worst part of town. Yeah. Or before Thomas... Uh, continues with, with uh, our the closing episode, I just want to give one more plug for the Patreon. Please sign up. Patreon.com slash SSEUpod. We would love your support. Uh, please uh, help us with the costs of producing and hosting the podcast, and we will throw a bunch of extras your way. Uh, Ryan and Thomas have been working hard um, putting posts up uh, most days. Ryan or Thomas has a movie pickup right now, and uh, I think July first we're dropping a commentary for uh, for Solo, a Star Wars story. As a big thank you to those who are supporting us at Patreon.com/sseupod. As soon as I edit out that other f bomb, yeah, two, two more. You have two more. There's <clears throat> only two total. No, there's three total. Oh fuck me. Before we go, uh, I just want to plug next week's episode. I have managed to convince my co-host to watch a documentary about Wimbledon. So I know that, for example, Shannon Last is a big tennis fan and she's not going to be disappointed. So next week, we're going to talk about Wimbledon in the mid to late 80s. And it's going to be an amazing show. I love Jimmy Connors. And Kirsten Dunst. She's great in that movie. (laughs) From Apollo 8, good night and good luck to everyone. (laughs) 